Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 116 of the Mo Money Podcast. I am your host, Jessica Morehouse. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode because ba-bam, it is season five and I'm doing two episodes every single week, which I am so excited for. So from now until uh, I wrap this season up in mid-December, you can expect two episodes every single week with yours truly. And this episode is actually kind of a special episode because it is the recording of my my latest millennial money meetup that I did in Vancouver, my hometown. Uh, I did it this past September, September 18th. Um, and it was so much fun. I really wanted to kind of, well, bring it to my hometown, get together with my Vancouver pals and uh, listeners of the podcast, readers of my blog, watchers of my YouTube channel, or people who had no idea who I was and showed up anyway. Yes, there was a number of people who just came and they're like, I don't know, I saw this on an event right and it sounded cool and that was pretty cool that they came to an event and had no idea what it was who I was why they were there so thanks all you uh people who found me through Eventbrite. thank you for making my day and showing up at my event another uh also thing that I should mention of course is a big thank you to uh, EQ Bank they sponsored the event once again they were the sponsor of my first ever millennial money meetup actually a year ago in September in Toronto. So thanks guys for sponsoring my event to promote financial literacy and uh, just have a good old time with uh, some millennials who want to learn more about money. Uh, I was also joined by the wonderful Kate Flanders, the personal finance blogger, podcaster of Budgets and Cents with Carrie Smith and uh, the soon to be author of her book, The Year of Less, which is coming out in January 2018, which I'm very excited about, even though I know her personally, but I'm really excited to read her book to see what's going on in there. Um, so she was my special guest for the event and kind of the theme of the event was all about kind of, you know, her jams, which is shopping bands, uh, conscious consumption and mindfulness and being more mindful with your spending and just your money overall. So we talked about all of that stuff and uh, I recorded it, uh, but it was a very busy venue. Uh, we had a malfunctioning microphone at times. So bear with me. The recording isn't amazeballs, but it ain't bad. The content is amazing. And, uh, if you go to the show notes, I have actually included a lot more information about uh, what we talked about, some important stuff that you may want to check out. So just go to jessicamorehouse.com slash 116 for all that good stuff. There's also the video too. If you're like, eh, I don't want to listen to this. I'd rather watch it. Uh, there's also the video there as well. Um, but I hope you enjoy this special episode with myself and Kate Flanders. Uh, and I also hope to do many more millennial money meetups. I have some things in the works. I hope I can do some more very soon. But if you're listening right now and you want me to maybe come to your city, shoot me an email. Let's see if we can work together. You can help me uh, put it on. I think that'd be super fantastic. Jessica at jessicamorehouse.com is where you can reach me directly. All right, enough of my yabbering. Here is that interview with Kate for my millennial money meetup in Vancouver. Um, so I wanted to have Kate, my pal, and one of my favorite bloggers and podcasters uh, join me for this event because obviously I've, I was a fan of hers before I was friends with her and I'm super like excited to talk to her about kind of uh, the next uh, phase of what she's doing now, which I think is awesome. So if you're not aware of what Kate Flanders has uh, been up to the past several years, like me who's been you know following her for all these years, 
She originally had a blog called Blonde on a Budget, and it was very much about uh, talking about debt and how to get out of debt, and she did it, and we'll get a little bit into that, because it's not something that's very easy to do. Um, now she's out of debt, and now she's trying to kind of plan her life or she has been planning her life uh, being debt-free, how to maintain that life debt-free. And uh, what's really cool is instead of just like, you know, all right, I'm done, she's really kind of thinking about money in a very different way, being more mindful with it, which I think is awesome. And uh, she's been on a couple shopping bans, which we'll talk about, which is crazy, but I'm so, I think it's so neat. And just talking more about how we want to spend our money and being more conscious of that. So, Kate, would you mind just like sharing a little bit of your backstory? Let's kind of start about like where you started with the, the debt and how you started blogging and kind of documenting your journey. Yeah, wow, okay, good question. It's funny because uh, a few people have asked me here tonight how long I've been blogging, and I was like, uh, October 1st, 2010. So I've been blogging for a really long time. <laughs> Uh, I started writing anonymously seven years ago um, because at the time I was 25 and I was maxed out with almost $30,000 of debt. Um, and when I say maxed out, I mean it. Like the banks wouldn't give me anything more. That was it. I had $30,000 or just under, um, and I had no, no option sort of then but to start paying it off and to start getting serious about my money. Uh, so back then, I mean, I took all kinds of measures. In some ways, I would say I probably did a two-year shopping ban then because yeah. <laughs> I basically didn't spend any money for those two years. Um, I put myself on a super tight budget. I just didn't really give myself a lot of disposable income. We can talk about like good and bad side of doing that. Like The good was that in two years, I paid off all my debt, which is great because, of course, like who doesn't want to be debt-free? So it was great. Um, however... There were a lot of problems sort of in the way that I paid off my debt, and the biggest one being that I think it was too aggressive. So I didn't give myself, like I said, like any disposable income. Um, and so what happened once I was debt-free was that I sort of immediately went back to spending all my money. So I didn't go back into debt, but for reference, like when I was paying off my debt, there were months where I was putting up to 55% of my income towards debt repayment every month. Yeah, but it was like a lot. <laughs> so, so the problem then after was that I sort of had this feeling like I'd been depriving myself for a long time. Life hadn't been that enjoyable for those two years. I had also been really harsh on myself. Like I would say a lot of really mean things to myself sort of about how I had gotten into that situation. So all of it led to like just a lot of bad feelings. And so once I was debt free, like I said, I went back to spending it all and I would at the beginning of every month, tell myself, you know what, I'm, I'm gonna save 20% of my income, it's totally doable, it should have been doable, like that should not have been an issue. Um, but I would get to the end of every month, and I used to back then, like I would publish my budgets every single month on my blog. Mm -hmm. and <laughs> oh yeah, I remember those. <laughs> and I would get to the end of the month, and I would be lucky if I had saved five to 10. And instead, my blog posts those months were full of excuses, and I genuinely mean excuses, for like why I had been only able to save that much. And it was all about like, oh, well, this other stuff came up, and then this thing happened, and I wanted to go to that event, and I wanted to go on that trip, and whatever. Now, it's not to say that any of those things were bad. Mm -hmm. um, like, you know, having some fun is good, and that's why I think when you're paying off debt, it's extremely important to have some money in your budget to actually enjoy your life. But I think that 
like I said, the way I had done it wasn't good, and it genuinely didn't feel good. So I would publish those posts on my blog and be like, hey guys, woohoo, I saved 6% or something. <laughs> and I would feel bad about it. I would feel bad writing it. I would feel bad publishing it. I almost felt bad too because the excuses that I was writing and putting out there, so many people were actually commenting, being like, that's okay, Kate. I'm like, come on, guys, push me. I can do better than this. Like, what are we doing? Uh, and and I didn't feel good though because I did know that I could do better. Um, so that's that's the first three years of blogging. It's uh, a lot. And from that is when the shopping ban started. Okay, so we're gonna get to the shopping ban because it like explain what that is, why you went on it for so long, how did you survive? Because <laughs> I think I tried to do it for a month and I was like. You Dying. did. You did try to do I think it for I'm a month. Yeah, I think I did. I don't know if it's on the blog, so it's embarrassing. So I'm like, I have to leave. This is embarrassing because I tried doing it for a month. I'm like, how am I going to do it? I like my things. <laughs> okay, so like I said, uh, I would publish these posts every single month about how little I had saved, and I felt genuinely really bad about it and bad because I knew I could do better. Also, I had savings goals that I wanted to achieve, and I wasn't. And so I could look back at all my spending for the last year and see how much money I had blown on stuff. But again, like it wasn't bad per se, but when you're not reaching any of your goals and that feels bad, like work towards that. Like what, what could I start doing so I could actually start achieving some of my financial goals? So the idea for the shopping ban was, it started as like, I don't even know. Like, is it, is it shopping bans a thing before you? Because I didn't know. Are they? Um, did you invent them? I don't I know. Because I didn't know they were really a thing before you. <laughs> um, I don't know about that. I think that I, I hadn't read about it either. I will say that. Um, I remember I, I didn't even know what the rules were going to be until I started typing them. Like, I'd been kind of stewing on it for a couple of weeks. And then one day I was like right, well, maybe I would do this. And I guess I'd be allowed to buy that thing and I would not be allowed to buy that. And mm -hmm. I, I don't know. It, it really came from a place, though, of like me knowing I had some goals. So a huge one was for me was that I wanted to be saving more for retirement. Um, so I knew I wanted to be putting as much money towards that as I could. I also, it wasn't like intentionally part of the shopping ban at first, but something I'd been wanting to do since I was literally like out of high school was I wanted to travel more and I never did. Like my entire 20s, I saw all my friends go on all kinds of cool trips, and I said no to basically everything, literally up until I was like 29. Wow. Other than going to a couple of conferences, the only thing I'd done was gone to Vegas. I'd never been, <laughs> I'd never been anywhere cool. All my friends had been everywhere. Yeah. And there's, there's two reasons. Like one, <clears throat> I mean, the story I told myself was like, I didn't have any money. Realistically, that was true. When I got credit cards at 19, I used them like they were free money. So I just used it like it was like a second bank account. So I never had to say no to anything because credit could pay for it. Yay. <laughs> like, no. No. <laughs> so, no. <laughs> so, I, so one of my goals with the shopping ban was that I wanted to be able to travel more as well because that had just been something I'd been dreaming about for so long and I was never seeming to make it a reality. Um, so the idea, yeah, was like I came up with three lists. So the first one was sort of the essentials, so things obviously you're allowed to buy, or for me, everyone's rules are kind of different on this. So it's like, obviously I'm allowed to buy groceries, mm -hmm. I'm allowed yeah. to get gas for my car. Um, I say it's basically like anything consumable. So if I used up something, I could replace it. Like if it was something I genuinely used often, yeah. I could replace it if I ran out. Um, and so that was one list. The second list was the non-essentials, things you are not allowed to buy for an entire year. 
So for me, this included clothes, shoes, accessories, books, electronics, basically anything. I remember you had a candle addiction. <laughs> Sorry to bring that up, but Just you did. said, I remember you have a candle addiction. <laughs> I'm like, who buys candles? I always wonder when I go to the shops, I'm like, who the hell is buying this $10 candle? Everyone. <laughs> this is just not just me. Just not you. <laughs> No, but it was one of the things on the list. I wasn't allowed to buy candles. Uh, and literally, it's funny. I do like candles, but you literally like lighting your money on fire. Let's literally, yes. <laughs> so the candles were on the list. I could not buy candles. Thank you, Jess. Uh, uh, yeah, basically anything that I didn't need. So if I actually needed something, I could buy it. So there were a couple things throughout the year. My plan was to do this for a year. There were a couple things that did come up that you actually need to buy. So... Uh, for the ladies, you'll probably understand this. You totally know what I'm going to say. Yeah, I do. So, uh, women, it's a very common issue that the jeans will rip in your inner thigh. Yes, thank you. Right? (laughs) It is so annoying, and you think you can fix it. Like, one of the things that I did that year was I learned how to sew, and so I asked my, I'd ask my mom and my aunt uh, if they could teach me how to sew. So I did learn how to patch it. That patch lasts about six days, <laughs> if you're lucky, especially denim that stretches. And it has to just stretch being over you anyways. So that doesn't work. So eventually I had to go buy jeans, because I only owned one pair. So I'm allowed to buy a pair of jeans. It sounds jeans like my husband, who has one pair of jeans, and yes. he's adamant that that's all he needs. Yes. Yeah. No, it is. So uh, I still only own one pair of jeans. Good for you. Yeah, well, it's, <laughs> it's not hard. <laughs> Uh, What else happened that year? Oh, uh, actually, my cell phone. Good old electronics. They build them not to last. So uh, my cell phone did this thing for months and months and months where it would shut itself off. Super annoying. And eventually one day it just turned off and it never turned on again. So I bought a cell phone. But I also, in making that decision, I learned new things that I wouldn't have done before. Like, I didn't buy the newest model. I bought the second to last model, right? Like, it's like, do I actually need that? Do I want that much money to be going towards this thing that is only going to last me a couple of years? Probably not. Uh, So, yes, I could. The second list was, yeah, like, all these things I wasn't allowed to buy, but I was allowed to buy something if I absolutely had to replace it. And the third list was something I had called an approved shopping list. But that was sort of, um, like, to describe the items, it's first, like, one was a dream. My bed was 13 years old. I really wanted to replace it. This is not some, like, I want something fancy. Like, I'm like, I need a bed. My my back hurts. Like, I'm old now. My back hurts. I want a new bed. So a goal was to get a dream. Guess what? Shopping ban, three months in, I finally was able to afford a bed. Wow, it's weird how that happens. So uh, a bed, uh, there were just some things. I, I didn't even own, like, winter boots, anything that could work for winter. Um, so I added that to the list. I bought one pair of boots. They Weird. lasted me many years. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so there were three lists. That was the ban. I set up to do it for a year. My goal was two things. One was to see if I could live on less. Um, but I also really wanted to start saving towards these goals. Mm-hmm. Which I kind of, I, I think this is a good transition to your book. She has a book Ooh. coming out in January Ooh. called The Year of Less. So, uh, lots of good stuff. I'm so excited to read it. (laughs) But uh, what I guess, you know, what I would love to know, so you experienced it. What were some of the key things that you got out of it? What did you learn? What did you expect? What were things that surprised you from the shopping ban? Um... It's funny because, like, my first answer, because we're talking about money, would sort of be, like, 
I can tell you the numbers. So the numbers were, like I said, when I started the chopping ban, I was going through this period of only saving 5 to 10% of my income. By the end of it, my income every single month was, uh, I think it was 51% on average that I'd lived off of. Wow. So my, my expenses throughout the month, it was 51. And then I spent... 18% on travel. Wow. And so I saved 31% of my income for retirement that year. Mm-hmm. So f- financially, it, I mean, there were obviously successes in that I was able to achieve a lot of goals. I went on a ton of trips that year. It was so much fun. I got to see so many friends, um, see a bunch of new places I'd never been to before. Um, actually, we hung out in Charlotte at a conference. Was it I think in it was, Charlotte? Oh, it was New, new Orleans that year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, it was New Orleans. Oh my God, that was in the book. I should know that. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I've just been like six years. Like, I forget what city it's been in. Uh, uh, yeah, so like financially, it was great. I think that what was more interesting and is something I talk a lot more now on the blog was that some of the bigger things I learned were more about all the habits I had around why I was spending for so many years Mm. and changing those habits. And there were two things, like one, actually one of the things, I totally forgot to mention this, but it's an easy one to talk about. One of the things I told myself I wasn't allowed to buy for the year was takeout coffee. Mm. And that was not because like takeout coffee's bad. I don't believe in the whole like, like all those rules, like the latte factor and you're not allowed coffees if you want to like say, I don't believe in any of that. Like you can buy whatever adds value to your life, spend money on it, that's fine. For me, I just wasn't comfortable with how much I was spending on takeout coffee anymore. Like I couldn't justify, I worked from home. I couldn't justify (laughs) that I was for whatever reason spending like $100 a month on takeout coffee. I mean, you've been to the building I was living in. It was on the bottom floor. It was very easy. But I wasn't comfortable with it, so I was like, you know, changing that habit though. Like I didn't realize until I couldn't get takeout coffee how many habits I had around it. So like even as something as simple as like the mornings I would wake up where I was so tired that you feel like you can't pick your arms up. Like you just get out of bed and you're like, oh, <laughs> do I have to do anything today? <laughs> For whatever reason, back then, it, like this was a habit, it seemed easier to me to get dressed and go downstairs than to just make it at home. To like, you know, like have a, a French press. Yeah, like yeah. I don't I don't know. So anyways, it's like breaking little habits. Um, I also had a huge really bad habit for me again because I don't I don't need this stuff um, is that pretty much any time I would think of a book I wanted to read I would just buy it like I would immediately go on Amazon or chapters whichever had it cheaper back then was the like $25 free shipping I would add a second book just to get the free shipping all of a sudden I had two books showing up right like this happened all the time and I ended up having like 50 books I hadn't even read. I've probably had more in my life too that I've just given away at other points, right? So I've probably given away 100 books or more that I've just never read, but I had bought, I don't know, on a whim because it seemed like something I would want to read. Um, so there was a lot of that. It was a lot of habit stuff. Um, not to get like emotional, but the bigger part of it was that I realized that year I went through a bunch of different things. So one being a breakup, one being my parents ended up getting divorced. Uh, things that I had not expected to happen. And I learned a lot about my tendencies to overconsume when something like that is happening, like when something really crappy is happening, to be honest, right? Like it, it went way beyond just like a bad day at work, way beyond that. Like you just realize like when you're feeling so down, I, and it's so interesting because I've never identified as a shopaholic. So that's where it's like, it's sort of another yeah. thing. Like I've never identified as that, but 
it doesn't mean you don't have tendencies to overconsume. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you've never used retail therapy. There is like psychology around actual spending and that it does things to your brain and it makes you feel better temporarily. So I learned just a lot about my personal tendencies to overconsume when things like that happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's so much more I could say. I'm like, well, you wrote a book on it, so. She <laughs> wrote a whole book. I put the rest of the book. <laughs> Yeah, no, and that's, I think, why I think your kind of personal finance journey is so interesting to me right now, because it really does focus on the spending, and all of us, like, I know, I saw a lot of people nodding their heads, me included, when you were talking about emotional spending. Oh my gosh, definitely, I definitely experienced that a ton a good year ago before um, I left mm-hmm. my job. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was spending a lot of money, and I didn't really realize it was a problem until I started looking at it, I'm like, what am I buying and why am I buying oh it's to make myself feel better and then it just kind of goes from there yeah yep. I totally get that well and I can also add that one of the is this on I don't know did you just turn it off no <laughs> Josh Oh, hello. (laughs) Um, I would also add that I talk about it a lot more in the book, but one of the other things that made me realize was my tendencies in past, like, lives of mine, is, like, that I used to also binge or overconsume on food or alcohol in those same instances. Um, So there's a lot of, there's just a lot of crossing of that in the book and just in life. Like, you have a bad day? Oh, well, you reach for a glass of wine or just spend. Like, everyone's habits are different. Um, and so the biggest thing that I took away from that, or from the whole year, just spending-wise, was like nothing I spend money on is going to help. That's not what's going to help this. Like what really needs to happen is I need to strip things back and figure out what's going on and fix that stuff instead. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I guess the other part of it, and it's not about money, but I also got rid of 70% of my belongings that year, which at the same time that you decide to not shop for a year, it feels very like counterintuitive to also decide to get rid of all of your stuff. <laughs> um, and so like the argument... I don't have one. <laughs> I will never go around and tell everyone that they need to do that. You don't need to do that. Um, what it did teach me, again, going back to the spending, though, and, and the habits, was that there were so many things I had in my home, not only that I had kind of wasted money on, which then it's like, you know, what, what other dreams and opportunities had I missed in life because I hadn't been allocating money to what I actually wanted, like, yeah. but for whatever reason was acquiring stuff instead. Um, the other thing that happened with getting rid of stuff was I was able to see how many things I used to buy for the ideal version of myself. Mm, yeah. So that being like, when you go shopping, like not always, but there are oftentimes we'll go shopping, we'll see something, whether it's a book or a piece of clothing or an electronic, like anything, and you immediately put yourself into this like headspace of like, if I have that, I'll be more this, that, or the other. Mm-hmm. Like I'll be smarter, I'll be, I'll look more professional. Um, this book will help me become a better person, like all kinds of stuff. And so I was putting all these expectations on these objects that I, number one, I never got because I didn't use or wear any of it. <laughs> so, like, I didn't get better or smarter yeah. or more creative or more professional. I didn't do those yeah. things. Um, but yeah, it really just showed me like if I buy stuff in the future, I want it to be because it actually aligns with like who I am. I will actually use it. Because at the end of the day, like, one of the biggest things I want to say is, like, spending money is not bad. It is not bad to spend money. You're not a bad person because you buy anything. But it feels so much better when you're actually spending stuff or spending money on stuff that you use. Like, stuff that doesn't collect dust, stuff that actually adds value to your life every single day. 
then it feels great. Like, then there's no shame. There's no bad stories you can tell yourself in your head about, like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Like, if you're actually using it, great. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Like, you can buy whatever you want as long as you use it. So that's sort of what I've gone through ever since. So I ended up doing it for a second year. Yeah. <laughs> like, I finished the first year, and I decided to do it for a second year because it was sort of intuitive to me now. Like, it was just common sense. Like, it was just sort of a way of life. Um, the one reason I decided to continue was because the one thing I had regretted not doing was I wished I had kept track of how many things I actually did buy and use. And now this sounds, like, extremely boring. Like, I wanted to keep track of things like... How many sticks of deodorant I used? Oh, that's a good... Oh, my gosh. That's so specific. Well, I mean, in general, like, literally all toiletries, I think that not... I, I wasn't someone who did this a lot, but you see it. Like, people stockpile. You see a sale price on something, and so you buy, like, four of them because you're like, you'll never see that sale price again. Insider tip is, like, you sales are cyclical, and you'll usually see it that price within 45 days. So, like, it will come again. Um, so, but I, I did do that sometimes, like I'd buy two or whatever, and then you just have them building up for a long time. Like, fun fact, I think I used five sticks of deodorant in a year. Like, mm. it, it's just, it's not that much. And like, I think I used four tubes of toothpaste, or like just, I, it's super weird, but it was more to show me that like, we buy so much stuff that we don't actually need. Yep. Right, so it's just a way of like, actually having some data of like, what a maybe average female consumer would need yeah um so i don't know it was super dorky it was totally for like data points i was very curious uh but it helped me it helped me a lot yeah well i have no idea how much deodorant i use but now i'm kind of curious <laughs> <laughs> next time you start one write the date that you next time you start one write the date that you like opened it oh um yeah it's just just it's yeah. like it's so dorky but it's kind of fun no I know I like that and I, I think I relate to that a lot just because when me and my husband moved out of our tiny one bedroom apartment bought a two you know bedroom townhouse and I'm like oh this is great like we don't have that much stuff so it's gonna be easy to move and it's true and we've been there for a year I'm like we don't have enough space how did that happen <laughs> it's like I, it's not that we yeah. yeah it didn't feel like we really accumulated that much but somehow we did and somehow we don't have space and I think that's probably well a, it's a space issue Vancouver it's like you can't find a, a very big space in Vancouver um, but it's also about I really like that you know really just taking that extra time maybe doing something crazy like a shopping van or like tracking exactly to the you know deodorant stick what you're spending um, to really see what your like where are your dollars going and and I think that's I like honestly it's only the past couple of years that I started to really start to look more at my spending and see if it was associated to the life I wanted, the person I wanted to be, the values that I thought I stood for. And it was, you know, it's sort of hard to look at those numbers and realize they're not reflective of mm -hmm. all of those things. It's, it's a blow to your ego and you're, you kind of freak out and you don't know what to do, but I think it's really important for us to do, especially, you know, millennials, I like to say this a lot, we've kind of, you know, not had the easiest time. A lot of us have you know, graduated during the recession. A lot of us aren't making as much as, you know, the, you know to keep up the cost of living expensive city so it's even more critical now to really pay attention to how we're spending our money because um you know it's it's hard out here <laughs> it's expensive it's expensive it's expensive um is there anything else you'd like to share i know i'm super pumped to learn more in your book but uh, what else would you like to kind of um let people know um i don't know it's a good question i think that it's funny because any like podcast interview I've done, whatever, people are usually like, is there anything we missed? Or like, if you could give one piece of financial advice, like what would it be? 
And normally people are like, save more or spend less. And I'm like, eh. Those are, no, no, I'm like, those are good. It's fine. It's fine. I think, oh, 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 there we go. I think that, um, I think one of the biggest things I've learned over the past few years, and I, I can say this from looking back at how I used to use credit cards and to how I spend today, I think that it's more interesting in the short term, like rather than trying to become like a financial expert and like get all your shit together, rather than trying to do that, I would say pay attention to how it feels every time you spend money. Mm-hmm. I think that it's so interesting to pay attention to spending money on something and if it makes you feel bad, stopping and asking yourself why. Is it because you don't have the money? Is it because you know you're buying it for the wrong reason? Is it because, yeah, you're about to go into debt for it? Um, just figuring out, like, if it, if it doesn't feel good, why are you doing it? Why are you putting your money towards that stuff if it doesn't feel good? So again, I'm not trying to be, like, in an emotional way. That's where I just sort of bring it back to the mindfulness stuff of, like, paying attention, like, get into your body in a little bit. Like, we do so many things, just react, we're reactionary. Everything is always, like, fast, 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 done for convenience. And I think if we just stop and pay attention to how we're feeling, it also then feels good when you spend money on stuff you... Oh. It never, it never feels good to spend money, no. <laughs> it also then feels good to spend money on stuff that you get a lot of joy from, right? Like, I feel good when I'm on a trip and I've saved the money I wanted for that trip because then I can enjoy the exact trip that I want. Like, if I want to do something, I can afford it because I've taken the time to save for it and I enjoy the trip and that thing so much more. Um, and so it just feels good to be on that side, like that side of things where it can actually feel good to spend money and not always like shame yourself or just yeah. be like, this is wrong for some reason, or it's just not getting me what I want. So that's, that's my advice. Well, I hope you liked that interview with myself and Kate Flanders from uh, the third Millennial Money Meetup uh, that I did in Vancouver recently this past September. Um, I loved chatting with her and I'm super pumped to read her upcoming book, The Year of Less, that comes out in January 2018. Uh, If you want to pre-order the book, because yeah, you can do that, just go to kateflanders.com slash money meetup. It'll direct you to uh, Amazon where you can check it out and pre-order your copy. Also, another fun fact, uh, Kate has also agreed to be part of my book club. So when her book comes out, and I will release more details about this soon, uh, we will be uh, joined by Kate in my private private Facebook group uh, to discuss her book and you can ask your questions live to her. So for more information about my book club, go to jessicamorehouse.com slash book club easy peasy also you can just go to the show notes jessicamorehouse.com slash 116 and i'll put some more information in the show notes about that um well that is really it for me the only thing i i do want to remind you if you didn't listen to yesterday's episode episode 115 is uh i'm doing a contest right now to celebrate season five uh it's super simple all you have to do is leave me an itunes review uh of what you think of the podcast hopefully nice things obviously you know i'll probably pick a winner who's saying nice things not not nice things, but you know, uh, so just have to leave me an iTunes review, check out the show notes. Also, jessicamorehouse.com slash one sixteen um, for some more details. Cause basically I just need you to do a, you know, a review, 
do a little screenshotty thing and then send me this screenshot so I know that you did it. And also I have your email so I can contact you if you are the winner. Um, another uh, thing that I, I kind of previously mentioned, but in case you're new to the show, I've got a private Facebook group. It is called the Money Life Balance Community. Over a thousand members so far, but we're missing a few people. And those people are you listening right now. So if you want to be part of an engaging community that wants to learn more about personal finance, money, life, and balance, uh, you want to, you know, be part of future book clubs that I'll be doing. If you just want to be part of an awesome online community, uh, then this is someplace you should go. Uh, it is super simple to get in. Just go to facebook.com slash groups slash money life balance. Again, I'll include this in the show notes. If you don't know, want to type that in, that's totally fine. Uh, but I hope you join me in the Facebook group because a lot of fun things go down in there. A lot of great questions being asked, a lot of good community good old stuff is in there. So I hope you decide to join us after you, uh, you know, listen to my episode right now that I'm going to wrap up. Okay. I'm done talking. Thanks so much for listening once again, and I will see you back here next Wednesday for a brand new episode of the Mo Money Podcast. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.